0: Hey, Queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. I'm your hostess, Latina, and you're listening to Crown Thoughts, the podcast. I'm triggered. Uh, before I even really like get into the episode, I was just outside walking my dog, Zola. If you're following me on social media, you'll see she's always jumping into one of my yoga videos. Um, she's also my emotional support animal. But it's, I joke around all the time and I say, people love you if you have a pet. Especially if you have a dog, people love you. People will come up and talk to you. And I've noticed since getting Zola, and excuse me, I do have a bit of a stuffy nose this week. I'm not sure why, if you're in the Connecticut area, the weather is starting to change. And so we get these seasonal allergies that come in. So I'm I'm feeling a little nasally. You're gonna have to work with me. We family now. We're three years in, so <laughs> you gonna get what you gonna get. Please, there is a message in uh, the episode today. But so I'm outside and I'm chatting it up with one of my neighbors, and I have to say I have really good neighbors. I think that having good neighbors could be rare. Nowadays, not because your next door neighbor is wild and crazy, however, that looks for you, but it's because how often are we even really conversing with our neighbors or being neighborly to one another? But I have this neighbor, and over time, I've grown to learn that we share a lot of the same things. We both had poodles. Uh, at the time she had a standard size poodle, you know, my baby girl, Zola, she's only a toy. She's about eight pounds now, maybe, maybe seven. I might be giving her an extra pound. Uh, we both are moms, single moms. However, my neighbor is much older. Um, and we both share, um, the same chronic illness. (laughs) I have Crohn's disease. And she has ulcerative colitis. Both of those fall under the category of inflammatory bowel disorder. Um, yeah. So, and it's interesting how we've even come to know of that understanding. Um, my neighbor just being as nice as she is, saw me one day walking Um, up and down the side of my house, and I was looking bad, y'all, like, and I laugh because I grow up, or I grew up in an, like, I grew up in the hood, I'm a hood baby, you know, I'm a project baby, so looking bad outside is, is kind of regular for us, right, and your definition of looking bad can range from, I don't know, going outside with your bonnet, and some pajamas on to being in a busted t-shirt and maybe some holy leggings and some slides. And that could be, I'm walking to the corner store. I might be taking out the trash. I could be walking over to the next building cause I'm, I'm about to go chill out with my homegirl. But that type of environment looks extremely opposite to where I am now. I am so blessed to be in the suburbs where there's homes and trees and sometimes you can hear birds and see butterflies and i i playfully joke at that because y'all know it's it's different out here it's different there's there's more um yes there is a more white community than where i grew up all of my neighbors were black if not black they were hispanic and there's a one or two uh, neighbors that were white but predominantly i was raised in an environment where it was just a bunch of us <laughs> so here i have this this neighbor and she is an older white woman and i'm so grateful for her um i mm-hmm. promise you there's a message in this i sound like my grandfather now whoo but she saw me walking around looking busted y'all i had on like some pajamas my bonnet and this big big pink fuzzy robe it has a hoodie that I could throw over myself all right so I'm wearing this robe and she comes up to me and she's like are you okay I've noticed that your health has really declined since I first met you and it kind of took me a second to really process and and understand what she was saying because initially I was like why are you watching me why are you watching me and I now know that was some of my own stuff coming from the past, coming from an environment where your neighbors weren't neighborly. There was chaos. Um, Growing up, I have witnessed people being shot. I have seen someone get tasered. I have watched someone have um, a psychotic break from smoking angel dust and they're running out in the street but as naked the most drama that happens here in my neighborhood now is uh you'll hear the fire alarm go off from the firehouse because there is a firehouse down the street and it is a voluntary fire department there is no hospital in my town i would have to go over to the next city over But yeah, this is just a little homey small town. Now there are things that happen. and, And what we face as challenges now looks so much different than what I saw back then. And back then I just knew it was home. It was regular. You know, it was okay to see a drug transaction happening. Especially back then, marijuana wasn't legal. It's almost a joke to many of us who have lost loved ones to the judicial system for what they called a narcotic then is plant medicine now. But um so that is essentially how my neighbor and I um, became friends. She noticed that I had been gotten I had gotten really sick. I did share with her what was happening to me and she said that she also had similar presentation and we we've, we've grown to be friends since then. But this morning I was out speaking with her and she always asks me, how are you feeling today? Um, how's your health? And we kind of do these check-ins with with one another. And I told her I've been having some really difficult past couple weeks that are just so triggering that it also triggers my health. Um, and it makes me just want to be by myself and, you know, stick to my work and my kids and not go out as much because I can't deal with people. The stress of people at times is just too much for me. Uh, And she, she smiled and she said to me, you know, you're going to have to let go of who you, I'm sorry, who you once was. And it really kind of stopped me for a second I could barely even say it just now you're gonna have to let go of who you once was and here I am telling her I can't deal I can't and she goes no 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 you have to make a choice in what you allow to be a trigger for you because it doesn't serve its purpose anymore really the trigger it becomes so strong especially for someone who whose physical body might have more ailments the stress of the day-to-day it does feel that much more intense and so she's pretty much telling me I gotta pick and choose my battles and I was like wow (laughs) wow so I'm walking back to my house I got a little bit of an attitude because I'm very sensitive about criticism doesn't mean that I don't hear it or that I don't accept it but it, it still takes me back when I'm like, oh, somebody just checked me. But everything that I said to my neighbor was very true because I have been triggered. I don't know what the month of August is teaching me because we're still uh, halfway into the month. Um, but it came in with a vengeance. And there was just a series of events that kept popping up. That were like cat hairs for me. Uh, in clinical work, I like to use the cat hair um, example to share with people how the slightest trigger can really make someone want to blow up. And the trigger can be as small as a cat hair. And if you think about it, we know that cats shed a lot and there could be hair everywhere. But have you ever observed and held a single Cat hair strand? Probably not. It's so fine. The the actual strand of hair is so fine, much, much, much uh, softer than human hair or maybe other animal type of fur. Um, But we use that in a clinical setting to help people express their triggers because what might seem like, oh, it's not that big of a deal to you, is that large of an issue for someone else Uh, I have really done so much work on myself in my own healing journey to recognize and be more aware of what my triggers are and then I also have sets of things and tools and hobbies and skills and people that I use and lean on to when I'm coping or when I'm just trying to get through the day But we also know that sometimes the triggers might be so big that all those things don't work. (laughs) They won't, they're just not hitting and and giving and serving you in the way that you need. That was what was happening for me in the first couple of weeks of August. Um, And I was feeling so defeated, like, yo, what is happening? Defeat for me started turning into irritability and lashing out and having no patience for myself, especially no patience for others. So with this episode being titled, I'm Triggered Dealing With Drama, let me kind of give you a rundown of what the drama was. Prior to August 1st, I was so blessed and just so grateful to be able to send my children down south with my mom. And they went there to visit family and to just have a good solid summer. This was a routine that I was able to do with our family prior to COVID. And then once COVID hit, you know, the boys and I have not been able to go down there that often, but fast forward to this summer, I made it my business to get them down there. And you know, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm gonna be able to get some work done, be able to create more content while the boys are gone. And it gives me just a break. Uh, To my listeners, the queens that are single mothers, I see you and I hold space for you. Don't ever feel as though taking a break is selfish because it is necessary. It's necessary. We cannot execute every single task on our own be able to show up for our children, master in our relationships, and look good and be a 10. That is not true. Because where in those statements are you pouring into yourself? Are you inviting periods of stillness? Are you eating healthy foods? Are you getting adequate amount of sleep? For me, it it varies throughout the year. So being able to have those moments where myself, And my co-parent can get a break. The children go down south. They spend a month down there and they just have a good time. That's a blessing. (laughs) That is a blessing. So I sent them uh, just a few days before August 1st. And, you know, I'm like, okay, here's my time. But boom, here comes the first trigger and it's family-related issues. And, um, you know, unfortunately... My first uncle, one of my mom's brothers, she's the only daughter of four siblings. Um, Her younger brother passed away suddenly of an overdose. And I'm sharing this because we are one family who shares the story with many, many other families who have loved ones who are struggling with an addiction For my family, specifically my mother, I have grown to watch her lose many, many friends and loved ones to overdose. I realize now that that also gives insight to the environment that I grew up in. But it doesn't mean that, oh, because I know that it doesn't hurt or doesn't trigger things in me. So that was the first blow to a few things that kept popping up. how we process grief is unique and it's truly significant to the individual. So for me, typically I am crying and feeling extreme emotions of sadness. And that's usually how I present my grief. But this time it was different. I was angry. I was irritable. I immediately put my phone on do not disturb and I remember saying aloud, like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with this. So we continue on to another day. And I'm in conflict with a friend. And I don't get into much friend conflict, especially now. Uh, my friendships, they look so much different than what they did in my 20s my teens and maybe in my youthful years. (laughs) I ain't that old y'all, but you know, as a 33 year old woman, my friendships look much different now. They're safe. Um, My friendships, I feel as though they have intention and we love on each other and we accept one another for who we are. And I love it. But I recently had friend conflict that kind of upset me to the point where I was like, I don't want to be this person's friend anymore. I'm not dealing with this. There goes that phrase again. I'm not dealing with this. Rather than saying, hey, you've been having a really hard time and you've been having a hard couple of days. Perhaps right now is not the best of time to try and resolve the conflict with your friend. But instead, I started self-sabotaging by pushing people away. Phone is on do not disturb. I don't wanna talk to anyone. Um, I'm out going shopping or putting gas in my car, just little day-to-day things and I'm getting impatient with people. Um, Just hot-headed. I'm triggered. I don't really know how to deal with the initial feeling of grief. Um, but oh no, it doesn't get better. Rather, it gets a little bit more hectic. Although there's no conflict with other people, I'm now having conflict with myself. Uh, I go to visit a friend and they are... Um, it's it, Flying a plane is very interesting because in the car, it takes about six hours to get to where I would need to be. But it's just an hour, 35-minute plane ride for me to get to my friend. And I'm so grateful for them because it allowed me to get out of my normal environment, which I thought was stressing me out. So I'm let me go and chill. I, I have some time to myself. The boys are away. But now I'm facing conflict with, my internal dialogue, meaning I'm feeling extremely anxious. I'm having these big, what if thoughts and I, I just cannot settle my mind. And I'm realizing I have zero access to my routine coping. I can't run out to the fields and go running because they're one, I don't know the environment. So I'm not gonna go hiking. Um, I did not pack my yoga mat and my friend's living space is a lot different than mine. So the the amount of free space that I had for myself was limited. And so I sat there with what was first irritability, it's now anxiousness. And I'm breaking it down for you guys because I really want you to be able to kind of sit with yourself and observe. Why do I feel the way that I feel when I do? Am I, ju- am I just... And my actions, because everyone is just in their feelings. You are entitled to feel what you feel. But how are you dealing with those things? And then a third, why am I so triggered? Just because you know something triggers you, that's great. But if you're not understanding why or what the root of it is, you'll never really be able to break out of the cycle of it. I thought I had already surpassed <laughs> the traumas of my childhood. At this point, I am already probably past uh, my threshold of distress tolerance. <laughs> Another term that is used in a clinical setting is understanding what your point where your breaking points are for not others, but also for yourself. Know when you've probably reached that point where you need to really sit down and take a break. I was getting there. I probably had already gotten there when I started presenting irritable because that's not my go-to expression of emotion. Being irritable has not really been my go-to expression of emotion since I was younger. When I was younger, I always had an attitude. I always felt like I had the world against me and I was ready to fight anyone and everyone that came to step to me. I didn't show as much humility to others when they came in and to let me know, hey. It's you right now. You've got to let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to. So if I think back to the beginning when I was sharing about what my neighbor said to me, what she saw was another moment of my inner child having a hard time dealing with what she had to deal with. August was hard argus and i want to say was hard because i have set the intention that i'm going to release it all and and pray for a better rest of the month but it really highlighted my relationships with others and my relationships with myself and what to and what do i do in moments where i feel out of control i had no control in the passing of my uncle i have no control in the conflict with friends i have no control of some you know some random person cutting me off on the highway these are day to day these are day to day things that happen but i have to control how i respond to it and this month i lost i was reacting it's okay to know when maybe you've kind of taken a step back or you're falling backwards in your healing journey, I'd like to believe those are the uncomfortable signs that you're actually healing too, that you're healing emotionally because if it starts with the awareness. Healing is a very, very humbling process. And it it feels like it's coming with high risk Because at any moment, you can lose it all in your reaction. But with high risk comes high reward. And I know that how I was showing up the last couple of weeks for myself is not giving high reward. Instead, I felt depleted. I was feeling overly anxious. I was irritable. I was eating poorly. I wasn't sleeping right. I was complaining more and being a procrastinator. So I was like, whoa, we got to slow down. We got to slow down. <laughs> there are uh, uncomfortable signs that will pop up in your healing journey that lets you know you're on the right path. And it may feel like you're taking steps backwards. Um, But I want you to know that there is no backwards movement in the healing journey unless you completely just stop and don't uh find yourself wanting to take a pause, reflect, reset and keep it moving forward. Yes, and then you you know that is another issue in itself. But what I'm saying is there are going to be highs and lows in the healing journey. The triggers are going to happen. The triggers don't stop. The triggers might look very different, but the root of them are always usually the same. So know what your vices are and know what helps you to cope. And also know when maybe stillness is all that you need. For me, this time around, I needed stillness. I thought I needed yoga, but I needed to be still. Here are six uncomfortable signs that you are healing emotionally. One, you allow yourself to feel your emotions. We're not stuffing them. We're not ignoring them. We're not replacing them with people's places, things, and habits, especially poor habits like drugs and alcohol. But we're just feeling them. Cry, yell, scream. Take those moments to yourself. Two, you are getting better at expressing those feelings. And maintaining boundaries with others. I myself was saying, I'm having a hard week this week. I was saying that to others. I was also expressing that to myself. Saying aloud, Tina, we're we're really dealing with a lot right now. Let's try and take it slow. Two, I'm sorry, three. (laughs) Three, uh, you accept that you've had difficult experiences. I think that sets it all in itself. Accept that you've had difficult experiences. It's okay to acknowledge that you've gone through some crap that has changed you. Four, you're less reactive and more responsive. I wasn't as uh, responsive as I would have liked to have been. But I will say I wasn't as reactive as I used to be. Five. You find yourself stepping out of your comfort zones. Step out of your comfort zone. If your normal go-to is to, to hide in your room and, and eat snacks and cry, maybe this time around you're going to go for a walk instead when you're triggered. And Six. You're okay to ask for help. That's a big one. Throughout everything that was kind of popping up for me this month, I still leaned into my therapist. I spent a lot of time talking with my mentor and just being with my mentor. Shout outs to her. She gives the best hugs. (laughs) Sometimes all I really need is a good hug and a, and a meal. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me a super cancer. Um that's my zodiac, my my astrology, but something cozy and something uh tasty is what I say. Um you know, talk with people, share with them when you're having a hard time. You don't have to hold on to all of those things by yourself. Be mindful who you're sharing that part of yourself with because it's allowing for vulnerability and being open. Uh, But also be honest with yourself about what it is you're actually feeling. If you don't have access to your journal, start typing in a notes app or uh, do an audio journal recording. Get onto your microphone app and just speak into that. You'd be amazed. At what you hear when you go back to listen. But in all of it, know that triggers are going to come. And sometimes they are as small as a cat hair. Being able to identify what they are. Having a solid plan so that you don't fall too deep into the mess, into the drama and then being having the willing having the willingness at the end of all of that to let it go and to move forward and to still claim your joy and happiness that is the goal those are the things that I'm striving for those are the things that I encourage everyone around me both the listeners the audience my clientele my loved ones my children That's the part of the healing that I want y'all to get to. So if nothing more, I wish that everyone has a good rest of the month and just a good day today. Whatever happened yesterday has happened, but you can look forward to a new today. As always, Queens recognize Queens, and I'm your hostess Latina. This is Crown Thoughts, the podcast.